0: And we are back and we are the run duo i am tommy mitchell
1: what's up guys and i am india cook
0: what's up india episode <laughs> 103 what's
1: going on yes, i'm doing Yo. well i am yes. doing well
0: that's cool we missed last week i hope some of y'all went and listened to um mr joseph gray that was a great interview that we did back in the day yes. but we are back with another great guest jared bell um we're gonna have a great conversation with him but before that india what'd you do for valentine's day
1: um braxton took me out to dinner and we had Ah. some great qt and you know got my flowers and gifts Mm -hmm. and all that good stuff so he he
0: got the the valentine's day kit the flowers the gifts and the dinner (laughs) there you go look Hey, I'm hey. I, I feel for brothers because Valentine's Day is a, it's it's uh sometimes you win or lose. You got like you got to do it exactly right. So I'm glad you guys had I a say? good time
1: honestly, for 2021, we are laying low. Like we are very, and of course I am, I am a girl that also gives gifts to guys on Valentine's day. So Braxton got his gifts, but I, um, we're laying low. We're very practical gift givers in our relationship. Mm -hmm. So we're very much, um, get something that you need that I hear that you want, but not like Louis Vuitton's like, we're just not into that, like that part of things. Um, very practical gift givers and then of course we're planning for a wedding so there was not a huge expectation for that because yeah the wedding planning is priority right now
0: of course of course so, yeah we didn't do anything for yeah. Valentine's day of course you know heather got her, her her valentine's day kit but um we didn't really do anything we actually went out the day before and met mm-hmm. with a bunch of friends that also have kids so okay. you know okay. it's rare that we actually all get to go out and eat um but you know all of our kids are reaching that age where you can pretty much sit them in a restaurant and they don't tear the place apart so Mm -hmm. that was kind of like our valentine's day so we, we had a good little time um but how's the running going i know you are you're getting ready for some races right
1: so i am so i think i mentioned this that i'm laying low on distance right now but yeah so i have the atlanta women's 5k coming up i have Publix 5k coming up um, so just a couple five K's. I don't have anything distance in the book, um, that is coming up. So running has been interesting for me. I'm still not a hundred percent back in there. Um, but I've been trying to continue to stay consistent my Tuesday, Thursday runs, um, with my black girls run crew, um, and just really doing that and listening to my body. So, just really getting still getting back into the saddle. I'm not hundred percent India yet. So um, if y'all see me out at races and I know I, I did the um, it wasn't hearts and souls. What race was that that I did? I did a race a couple of weeks ago and they're like, what you doing back here? And I'm like, listen, I'm just chilling. So if y'all see me in the back, <laughs> chilling back of the pack where you are used to not seeing me, I'm just kind of doing my own thing and not honestly, not stressing out about pace, just going about feel and doing most of my runs and easy runs.
0: So. Now, you don't just run at races. You have to MC and DJ you know, yeah. all that. So
1: yeah, that has been interesting. I actually emceed um, a 5K this past weekend, a Valentine's Day 5K, which was really it's really a good time it's a different it's a different space to be in as an MC for a race but it, it definitely taps into my love for running and seeing people and cheering people to the end so i really enjoy it. the only part that gets me all anxious is pronouncing people's names wrong but i know that it's just gonna happen
0: <laughs> you know i'm always interested because you know we I, we both watch a lot of like world major marathons and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i'm always so impressed how the, the announcers are able to announce all those, you know, Kenyan and Ethiopian names. So like it rolls off the tongue. So I completely understand where you're coming from.
1: Yeah. So, and it's so funny that you mentioned that because this Sunday was the first race that I actually had the ability to announce names as they crossed the finish line. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas other races, um, that I've emceed, it was more so, me just knowing people in the land and running community and saying their name because I knew them. But this okay. race I actually had um, an app set up on my phone. There was um, some devices that were out there that kind of clocked, not kind of, they clocked the runners. They, they scanned their bib and they were probably a good, maybe 50 meters away from the finish mm-hmm. line. And I was there, but I could look at the app on my phone and see who was coming up to finish. Um, And so that was my first time for that experience. And I actually enjoyed that um, because you see the smile of people crossing the finish line and they like really enjoyed hearing their name. And it's kind of a joy for their day Um, or the people that may have been kind of, you can tell that they were so over the race, but then they hear their name and they get a little pep in their stuff. So I really enjoyed that. And I hope that I can personally do more races where I can announce people names. Um, I know that I've talked to other fellow race directors or now race directors, race announcers. And a lot of those elite runs, they usually practice before time. So they know yeah. the elites that are running and they they actually have to do research to make sure those names are pronounced right. Um, so, I mean, that, I don't, if if God blesses me with the ability to announce <laughs> a race like that, I would love it. I'm not at that level yet, but I would love to do that someday. <laughs> Well,
0: I definitely feel, because I've run, when I ran some marathons, a couple of marathons, I remember, I guess, like you said, there's some kind of app that they could see. And this mm-hmm. was like not at the finish. This was like kind of in the middle of the race. Yeah. And the person, and here comes, you know, Thomas yeah. Mitchell, you know, dah, 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 dah. And, I was, and it does make you like kind of, oh,
1: okay. Right, <laughs> <a good> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, let me, let me, let me yeah. stop walking.
1: It was yeah. Pretty easy setup. Like the, the yeah. way they had it set up and he just had me put the IP address in my phone and I was like, okay. So it just, <laughs> it was there and I just, you know, scrolled. I, I visually looked at the person's bib number to make sure I was calling out the right person and the information was on my phone. And I just went from there. So it's been a very fun learning experience and, um, I just really been enjoying it. It's kind of my thing now. So now I'm like, do I run the race or do I MC the race? <laughs>
0: Oh, that's cool yeah. that's cool good to hear um, yeah. I've been I've been staying pretty um, consistent on my training for the uh, cherry blossom um, <laughs> looking forward to it um, turns out I'm gonna be going by myself uh, we got too much going on for Heather to bring Trey um, with her with us but uh, I'm looking forward to getting to DC um, yeah you know, I went to school in DC I got friends there I got cousins there so I get to see some people and, and you know oh, enjoy yeah, I mean, you know, you can't be gone long. Yeah, I I, w- I can't I don't wanna leave Heather with Trey by herself for too long a period. Trey's a different type of cat and you don't yeah. One on one, you gotta play zone with Trey. You can't play one on one. You're gonna you're gonna get dunked on. So
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna run out and come back and and just try to enjoy my little time away.
1: Well, good. Well, mm-hmm. good. Well, I hope that you definitely enjoy it.
0: <laughs> yes. So we got a great guest, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Bell. We're going to talk to Ivy League graduate. Y'all, yes. y'all, y'all need to listen yes. to what this brother says because he must know something's going on to, to graduate from Yale. So um, we're going to get to talk to him right about now. And we are back with the Run Duo. And we have a great guest today, uh, Jared Bell. How you doing today, Mr. Bell? Doing great. Thank you for having me.
1: Yes, I am super excited to have you on here today, Jared. Not only are you a father, a husband, an amazing, humble runner, um, but you're also the Key City Marketing Manager for Lululemon. You just wear a lot of hats, and I'm excited to chat with you. Um, And you and I connected, I want to say 2014, 2015 through, through um, Movers and Pacers. I think you yeah. and I, that's when you and I met initially and then we reconnected here recently. Um, so I'm really excited to have you on and to get to know you better, even though I kind of know who you are, get to know you in a, a more in-depth way.
2: <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, it's funny, like when you see people at runs all the time, it's like, you see it the same circles, but always, sometimes takes a while before you actually, you know, fully connect.
1: Yes, for sure, for sure, for sure. So, Jared, tell us, I mean, before any of those other things that I listed of you, you are a runner and from what I've read, has some, some collegiate background. Tell us how you got into running.
2: Yeah, I think it's, I have the same story as many distance runners where I was a soccer player growing up and wanted to get faster for soccer. And so my dad, you know, my dad signed me up for club track and uh, started working with the coach to work on my form and, you know, you start to hit the. AAU you've seen in the USA track and field like you've seen and the next thing you know like soccer falls off and and running running sticks with it and it, yeah it was just a, it was just a passion that I found like early on for it and uh, yeah it just blossomed into me being able to run like at a at a uh, at a collegiate level uh, and staying in the sport even even to this day.
0: yeah That's great I see that you went to um, to Florida State I'm originally from Florida myself what part of it are you from Florida or are you just. How did you pick Florida State as a place to run?
2: Well, so it's funny. So I'm actually, I'm actually from LA. So I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. And, okay. And, uh, before we go
0: any further, hold on. Before we go any further, are you a Rams fan? Are you a I'm Rams? Not Ram? a, I'm not okay. a Rams fan. Okay. Okay. I was going to celebrate okay. with you just in Thanks. case you were. If you were, I will go celebrate with you. But okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's funny. I, I don't actually
2: don't even have a pro team. I, I mean, well, USC Trojans. So fight on, USC Trojans. That was my team growing up. Right? Mm-hmm. I, it was, okay. it was them and the Raiders. The Rams had already left, so okay, it was yeah. uh, it was really it was really just those two. But um, but yeah yeah, born and raised in L.A. I uh, I actually ended up going to Yale undergrad, so um, I started my college journey running at Yale in the Ivy League, and was just fortunate enough when when I graduated, Yale has or the Ivy League has a policy where you can't redshirt. So you know, in most yeah. most places, you can take five years to use four years of eligibility. You can't do that in the Ivy League. So I was able to um, graduate with, you know, with a bachelor's in, in political science, but still have a, have a couple seasons left and um, found my way to Florida State because I, kn- I knew the program before. I think following college football, I knew, you know, that was like a, a perennial, like powerhouse when it comes to sports. And, um, and they had just recently won three straight uh, track and field titles. So I wanted to be a part of like that kind of a, track legacy as well and um yeah and just found my way to tallahassee running on the cross country and indoor track teams and and that's actually where where i met my wife so uh, a lot a lot came out of that experience um being down there Yeah, i actually
1: rolled up on a couple of your your college pictures online That's, That's awesome,
0: cool. Though. Yeah, definitely. So when you graduate, like when, you know, your college career is over, did you go, did you stick running, like you graduated on Tuesday, were you running again, you know, that next Tuesday, or was there like a, a space in between that you kind of got out of it, and then came back to it?
2: Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny when I when I finished, I finished on a on a little bit of a sour note, my my last meet. Um or one of the last meets I had in college, I, I pulled my hamstring, like right before I was gonna make an attempt to try to break four in the mile, and uh, and so I kind of finished my eligibility, like injured, and you know in the middle of the se- you know in the middle of the season, I didn't have outdoor eligibility left, and uh, and kind of spent the spent that basically spring, you know, trying to get healthy and and trying to figure out like what was gonna be next uh, running wise, and but then like the writing was on the wall i had to get it you know i had to get an internship for my program i was doing a i was doing a, a masters in sport management so it was like all right i got to find a job so i spent the spring like trying to find a, a summer job ended up in new york city like hustling in this job where i was a, a production assistant uh, a production intern at a at an agency and um, and it was just like between all of that you know with work and school it was just like too much so i i really put running completely on the back burner Um, but then I ended up finding my way into this, um, into this role as a, um, uh, as, as working on the Nike running mobile van. So I was basically doing the daily grunt work of like driving in a van, but I was like hanging out with high school kids like that fall and I was doing their runs. So that, so that became like my running journey from, from competing, like at a high level collegiately to then doing nothing that summer. So then all of a sudden being thrown into whatever the, whatever the high school was doing, like on any given day, like we were doing that workout and we were driving city to city, school to school, like going to the meets on the weekends. And so I was like definitely living vicariously, like through the high school track and field scene, uh, from, you know, from at that, at that level. And then it just, it just kind of continued into that where my running would just ebb and flow. Um, you know, I started at Nike in, in the spring of 2011. And so I was a tech rep for Nike and that's what moved me to Atlanta. And, uh, and so I was just, I was like always adjacent to running, but because I was just like, so used to being running at a high level, it was just like, I I couldn't really find my place. Like I couldn't really find like what, what my new like identity post running was and, and like really find the true love of, of just like getting out for, for an hour or so, uh, at, at that, at that point in my life.
1: And how was that for you? How was that transition for you? Like, was it something that you felt like you were really grappling with, or did you just kind of roll with the punches?
2: It was. It was a little tough, I think, especially because of just like how abruptly the you know your career ends. I think that's one of the biggest challenges when you run. Uh, you know, when you're running um, uh, at a somewhat competitive level, because you always feel like you mm. can do more. Like, there's because the sport is so objective, where it's like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm getting faster. I'm getting faster. Like, you always feel like. You could have done a little bit more, and so mm-hmm. for it to end and there and the challenge in track and field, and especially at that time, it's it's definitely changed now. There's there wasn't as much of that infrastructure to continue racing. There's not like a mm-hmm. you know there's not there's not really like the true sub elite where like I can still get into races really easily, or I can I can like travel or you know you lose that whole support where you know I just get on the bus or I just like get the plane ticket and I'm going to the next meet on the schedule and you know, I've got the gear and I've got the massages and like all the treatment, like ready for you. So like, once you lose that, it's hard to figure out, you know, what your, what your place is. Um, but in some ways at the same time, it was like, I felt, you know, I I took that chance to go to FSU to see, you know, to really see what that experience was going to be like. And, um, and, and for a little bit, I was like living vicariously through my wife who was still racing at a, at a very high level, um, for Trinidad. So, it was it was still it was still okay and you know and i think you know in that in that respect like it was uh, i was definitely like at peace with it um for the most part
1: nice it makes me think about tommy and i had a conversation i don't remember what episode it was but we were talking about i think the olympics and how athletes mm-hmm build up to get to the olympics and then once the olympics is over it's like okay i've lived my whole life to compete at the olympics now the olympics is over and it's like now what especially if you're you feel like that that was maybe your last one or you have four more years to try to figure out what's next um so i can really hear some comparison within that though That's awesome. But I will say for me, I don't know about you, but I've seen you taking a lot of podiums over the last year or so. And I could have just been missing in action, but did you take some time off from racing over the last couple of years? And like within 2020, 2021, you just kind of opened the gate. Cause I feel like in Atlanta, I've been seeing you breaking tapes and taking the podium a lot lately. So what's going on with that?
2: Yeah, it's funny. Like, I think, um, uh, Yeah, I was, I was, I've, I've really ebbed and flowed over the last many years. And I think a lot of it was when I was at Nike and, and just being in the running world, it was like, that was enough. Like just being adjacent to it, being a part of the scene, like going to the races, working with runners, like working with and selling in like the footwear product, like that was enough. And, and, you know, then in other roles that took me away from the sport, like it took me away from running. I think I started to find I was missing it a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and then I also started to find that I had the time to get back into it. You know, I think the other piece was I was like, just, you know, grinding in these roles and um, traveling a lot and like being on the road. So it was okay to not, you know, it was okay to not be doing cause I just didn't necessarily have the time. I think once, you know, once I moved into a, a role at this uh, agency called Fizz um, based in Decatur and it was more of like a nine to five schedule, I was coming home more. And then, uh, I was like, you know, I, I do have time and, and I feel like I, I feel like there's like extra energy like in me to do something. And so mm. I started getting back into it in late 2019. So like right before, right before COVID. And that time was just, I wasn't focused on races or anything. Like I had put a couple of races. Like I think I ran, I think I ran Jerome scales like that January just to like, cause I'm the kind of person that I need to have something on the calendar, at least like, mm. even if it's not going to be a good result. Like I just need to have something to kind of keep me going. And, okay. uh, and it just kind of snowballed from there. And I think once, you know, unfortunately like COVID happened, but then I had even more time at home, you know? And so then it was like at home with the kids and mm-hmm. I like really needed to get out and do something. <laughs> and, and then it was just like the fitness started to come where I was like, well, let me just put some, like, let me start doing some workouts. Like, let me create a plan. Like I still wasn't training for anything in particular. I had you know i had a uh, peach tree on the on the list but you know everything got canceled so then it was just all right let me just let me just kind of figure it out and yeah. uh yeah and it, and it just kind of snowballed where you know then, he, then i just kind of started to like really find the passion for even just the easy runs i think that was that was always the challenge that i had as a runner in college was i hated doing easy runs but i loved doing workouts and mm-hmm. and then so then i really started to love like every aspect of the you know of the day and whether or not I had a good workout or not, like I didn't let that define the day. It was just like mm-hmm. really enjoying like that hour out to myself and my own thoughts, you know, a headspace to decompress from everything that was going on and 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 just kind of get a little bit better um, each each day.
1: Yeah,
0: did I hear well, you correctly? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go In, ahead, yeah. Tommy. Did you say you don't enjoy you didn't enjoy the easy runs? You enjoyed the workouts
2: yeah yeah there's there's something there's something about, okay that's yeah, the end of this something. interview
0: interview's over I'm not talking to guy no more I'm just playing go ahead there's, Jared. <laughs> yeah there's
2: there's there's something I don't know when when uh when I was in when I was in, in high school and college there was just something about like workout days where you just like like you just dialed like you dialed in like you knew it was going to be a big effort but you knew that that the results were there like like whatever was whatever came out of that day like that's, that's where your fitness kind of was. And, and I love that. I love that like direct feedback that, that you would get from, you know, being able to say, okay, I can compare this workout to what I did last week and the week before. And like really see that progress and match it up. Whereas some, you know, when you're going on an easy run, it's just like, it's important, you know, you got to do it you got to get it in, but it can just seem like so tedious. Like, oh, you know, why can't I just like get to the next day? Like I would almost rather, sometimes it's rather not run at all until the next time that I, that I have a workout to like be out there, out there grinding. And, uh, uh, and particularly like, you know, growing up where I didn't necessarily have the best um, like the fastest guys, like in my school and, you know, as a team in high school. So I think at that point where I like needed to have people around, like I didn't so that I just got really used to running by myself and alone. And it's so hard to keep yourself like motivated and accountable as like a teenager, to get out for those runs every day so it was easy in college because the team is there everyone's there like you're on the same program but I always found it so tough coming home for winter break coming home for summer break like getting in the miles like keeping the mileage up and so that was just such a difference like in you know during you know during COVID you know as I was kind of coming back was like actually like every day regardless if it was easy run, long run like actually still enjoying that time just you know knowing that that time is precious. Not everyone else has that ability to do that. Um, and, and at whatever time of day, whatever the humidity was like, just embracing it and, and having fun with it.
1: Yeah. It's so you predominantly run solo now though, like, is that kind of your jam just with time and everything? Or is that what you prefer? Just what you have to do because of your schedule?
2: Yeah, it's more, it's more, it's more a factor of schedule. Uh, I mean, if you, if anyone follows me on Strava, you'll see like a lot of late night, late night runs uh on the belt line um because you know just with the just with the day I'm not an early riser at all like it's it's super painful for me to to get up in the morning in fact I was gonna wake up I woke up this morning early and then I still didn't run because I found excuses so I'm I'm doing my workout like this evening but um but yeah it's, it's more it's more of a it's more of just uh the that's that's the convenience but I I do, I do meet up with a couple of guys on the weekends for like long runs and, uh, and I'm starting to work with some of the uh, Atlanta o- Atlanta track club, open guys, um, okay. for some workouts and kind of helping them, uh, helping them out, I'm actually doing a, uh, a 10 mile, 10 mile, uh, steady state with, with someone tomorrow who's gearing up for, for publics in a couple of weeks. So yeah, I, def- I definitely enjoy it because it's just, a, it's just, it's just like a good social, you know, endeavor as well. Just like a good way to kind of connect and, um and you know talk with talk running but just talk whatever else like talk whatever else is going on and yeah when you have three little three little people running around it's, it's fun to be able to talk about other stuff other adult stuff besides like spider-man and encanto from right. time to time
1: <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> i guess yeah, and I, i'm sure that uh uh tommy is laughing because he can yeah, relate <laughs> I def-
0: definitely can relate yes it's good to talk to people about anything and sometimes it's it's I don't know if you get this. Sometimes like this weekend, me and Heather and Trey, we all went and met some other families. And it's almost like I didn't even know what to talk about. Cause I was so mm-hmm. used to just dealing with Trey all the time. It took me a minute to actually start having a real conversation, you know, with, with something somebody else. So I definitely understand where you're coming from.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: Well, listen, I was definitely celebrating. I have been really enjoying being at races where you were breaking the tape or or hitting the podium, whether that be the race you took first place in the half marathon. And I know recently, Hearts and Souls, you took first place on that from Atlanta Track Club. So I've been enjoying seeing you. Um, and for our listeners that don't know about Jared Bell, he is out in these Atlanta streets cleaning up. So I am really excited. And I don't know if you heard me screaming at you coming in for Hearts oh, yeah. and Souls, but I'm Oh yeah! Yelling yeah, like, and people was looking at me like you're crazy, and I'm like, no, <laughs> I am excited.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. But I think Indy, you probably missed it. He threw some shade at his old high school because he's like, well, you know, in my high school, you know, they weren't that and fast. Yeah, boys, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Was like, me, yeah, So if anybody from Jared's high school's listening, he's throwing shade at y'all that y'all was slow. <laughs> oh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was. It was
2: good though. It was good. I think it was, you know, and it, and what's funny now, what's funny now is. Um, there are like, there are kids who are crushing it at my high school. And, and it's been really cool to see like the tradition of the, of the sport, like continue growing. It's, it was just one of those things where I went to a small school in, in LA and there just wasn't a, a history or a tradition for it. And it just, it's funny how it only takes the only, only it takes a couple people to like really like jumpstart something. And then it snowballs to where, you know, now they're regularly going to the state meet, they're regularly like competing for, mm. for section championships. And and kids are running in college, you know, who used to never, never continue be in the sport beyond uh, beyond the high school level before.
0: Well, yeah, Zara, let me ask you this, because you have kids. Are you, and I, I heard you say, you know, I guess your does your son play soccer now at mm-hmm. this point? Okay. Yeah. Um, are you going to like try to coach them into running or are you kind of hands-off like, hey, if they decide to run, I'll help them. If not, I'm not gonna be, you know, all up on them about it.
2: Yeah, it's I definitely in the back of my mind I have a master plan for how I will get them all to the D1 level, but but no, I'm 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 very I'm very like I'm very hands off in that respect. I think I think it's important for kids to find to find the sport for themselves, and especially for a sport like running because it's so objective and it's and you can put a lot of pressure on yourself and uh, uh, and just like match it up. You know, like I really want them to find that love for it. And and whether it's through another sport, then then so be it. Um, the genes are definitely there. You know, I always brag my wife is way better than than I was, and I'm still always trying to get her, get her going and get her get her back into it. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's I think it's important to expose kids to as many different sports as possible, like to really be a generalist in that respect. For especially for running, because there's so many other intrinsic things like. Um, Uh, the coordination and just overall like muscle fitness that, that Mm. you don't really get. If you just go into running Um, so many examples of, of the best runners who, who did so many different things before. Um, So yeah. Yeah. But, but, but certainly like when, when he's, when he's ready, you know, I, I will be, a, I won't be the head coach, but I will be a, I will be a volunteer assistant or, you know, help out. Like I've got, I've got some periodization plans, like ready to go and, and, you know, learn, learn a thing or two from, from my experience on, um, you know, just, just how to really maximize, maximize that potential.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad to hear you say about, you know, kids playing different sports. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm much, well, I won't say much older, but I'm definitely older. And I'm from a time when we played everything like, you found a sport for every single season. And now, right. like I have friends with older kids and they pretty much specialize. Like he only plays baseball. He plays, you know, tournament, that's all he does. And it's good to hear about, you know, kids that do, they're well-rounded because it gives them more opportunity to do different things down the line.
2: Exactly. And and, and for them to really find the love in the one thing, right. Versus the, mm-hmm. versus come back and, and maybe regret, like not having pursued that passion in any other sport, just because mm-hmm their abilities lined up to one thing specifically, like really early on, it's, it's just really important that the kids have, you know, find the passion for it, have fun with it. So they don't regret it. So they really enjoy it all the way through and, you know, and don't leave it behind. I mean, I think that, I think for me, it's, it's like, I found it later, but, but I'm glad that I found it for, mm-hmm. for, for, for the act of running and not just track and field itself. Like mm-hmm. I've never stopped loving watching and following track and field. I'm a diehard, like let's run message board follower and reading all the all the newsletters and anything media related around the sport um but but it's it's definitely you know it can definitely be different you know playing it um at a, at a really high level you know playing any sport at a really high level and and still having that love for for actually still playing it at the end of the day
1: yeah. I love the love that you have for are you you have you ever connected with Darrell Patterson here in Atlanta
2: I have. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, and, and through Tess actually, you know, I think okay. he was I, someone, I, he was someone that I was seeing a lot in races and, you know, and hearing and hearing his story of like his dedication for getting up super early and running laps around a track. Like, yeah. I I wish I had that kind of willpower.
1: So both yeah. of you, you all, Tommy, tell me if you think the same thing. They have similar, it sounds like similar mindsets when it comes yeah. to running and the grind of running. And even though you might be a night runner and he's a morning runner, like you all have very similar, it seems like passion and drive with the running. Um, and I know that I don't, I haven't spoken to him since uh, the race last year, but as far as the mileage and putting it in and getting it done, and he's a, he's a pretty speedy guy as well. Like I could just see you all doing some workouts together. So I just thought I would ask.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. He definitely reminds me of, the. and Mm -hmm. you know, they're both very intelligent people beyond running. And I think that's also Mm -hmm. why he reminds me of Darrell.
1: Definitely. Mm -hmm. So Jared, in January, you took on the Houston half and I know you had a a potential goal of a sub 107 how did that go for you how was the race
2: it was it was great yeah so the the goal initially was 107 I I ended up you know coming into the build up for it I I tweaked my Achilles back in October which set me out for about a month um of of basically no running and that's always my Achilles has always been my Achilles (laughs) Achilles heel like Mm -hmm. even even back in the college so it was it was definitely kind of frustrating and going back to the grind of, of like how to get that how to get that healthy. But you know, once I once I kind of got back, um I had a really, really good build for the for the race and, you know, reset my my expectations, ended up running one oh eight, uh, uh 108 26 for the for the half and um was super, super happy with it. I think, you know, it was the first time in a while that i had been in a field of other guys of similar ability to, to work off of. I think that's, that's always the biggest challenge when you train by yourself is, you know, what your workouts are, but, but, but you're only training to that. Like you're only training to how hard you can push yourself and you just never know that, you know, what that, what that X factor is once you get in a race environment with other guys, like being able to draft off of people, share the work. And, and uh, yeah, and it was just such a cool atmosphere. I think, being in the, you know, I was, I was able to get in the sub-elite field. So I was just about crowd. to say you
1: lined up sub-elite, so
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was, it was cool to be in the crowd with other guys who were, you know, getting paid to do this, and
1: yeah. you know,
2: uh, passing mm-hmm. passing um, Kira, who goes on to you know set the set the uh, American record in the in the yeah, full. Thought,
1: um,
2: yeah, yeah just this really cool atmosphere, like being out there and um, and on the streets, and and always always like a cool mind shift too when you travel for a race too Mm -hmm. and he's like all right I'm gonna check out like I'm gonna be in the hotel like I'm by myself I can get in my you know get in my own like mental headspace Mm -hmm. versus like when you're at when you're at home it's it's kind of a different it's kind of a different environment it's kind of hard to, to switch it off from just another workout.
1: Right. So did you like fan guy over anybody in Houston? Like, I mean, I think it would be amazing. I don't know if you guys get excited about seeing other sub elite or elite runners, but were you excited to see anyone particular at Houston? Or was it something that you're just kind of like, Oh, I'm just chilling. (laughs) Uh, I don't,
2: not really for this one. You know, I think, I think one of, I think what was really cool though, was, uh, I've been, I've been a friend of Frank Lara, Frank Lara, I think, Mm. um, it has been, it's been really cool. Like on this side of it, like now I'm, I'm older, like I'll be 35 this year. So it's like a whole new generation of, of runners kind of coming up through and having been able to kind of follow their journey, like in college and where they are now. Um, really cool to follow his journey. I think he's one of the best, one of the best road racers like in the circuit right now. And, you know, given the fact that up until recently he wasn't even sponsored, you know, mm-hmm. he just signed a deal with ultra and just, he he and that group at roots running in colorado just like really grinding it out together is it's always great to see i think it's it's really fun and 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 cool to see now like in the sport that you've got so many of these training groups together Mm -hmm. that didn't used to exist you used to only be nike oregon project or nike farm team slash oregon track club and that was it right um like even the NJNYTC was like brand new when I was coming out of college. And so mm-hmm. just the plethora of different groups that are around, it's its really fun to be able to follow them on social media on Instagram, follow them on Strava, like see how their training journey is going. And then to, to be able to see them like in real life, actually, you know, deliver for their, you know, deliver for themselves and, and for their brands and like justify like the sponsorship and give reasons to, to, to earn that. It's, mm-hmm. it's just great for the sport um overall. So it's I think I think just in general, just the fact that that there's a lot more transparency in the sport than there was, you know, mm-hmm. years ago as far as like how people are training and, and who all is out there doing it is um has been really great to follow.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's always interesting being able to pull up some of the sub elites and elites, uh their workouts on Strava. It's like mm-hmm. wow, like to see the work that they put in and even even just seeing your workouts and what you're doing. I think it's it's great and it's amazing to see. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, like it's even really even fun. just this past weekend, right? Shane Strike from Atlanta Track Club, you know, yeah. set an American record in the in exactly. the thousand. Like, coming back and now you can go see exactly what the Bagleys have have been putting them through to get there. It's it's mm-hmm. it's fun because it's there's no secret to it, right? It's 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 just running. Like we're just yeah. running. Some days yeah. you run harder than others, but there's no secret formula to it. So mm-hmm. I love I love when athletes are are comfortable with being transparent, uh, uh, and sharing that you know they're they're just putting in the work, like that's all it is like you can come and you can come and do what they do and, and try to take them on um, mm-hmm. and but it also just like allows for for others to really appreciate that level of work too you know to understand mm-hmm. like all right hey I can't I can put in 100 miles but I can't do at that intensity and and like what that really means which I think mm-hmm. just gives a much needed context to to what it's really like to be an elite athlete
1: yeah definitely Definitely. Well, speaking of um, just elite athletes, do you have anybody that you would love to share strides with, or share the podium, um, share the pavement with, do a good run with? Is there anybody that you would love to kind of run side by side with that you haven't already?
2: Uh, so, I mean, one of my one of my favorite runners of all time has always been Bernard Bernard Lagat. You know, I mm-hmm. think
1: yes, just we love like <laughs> you
2: know, being a being a miler, like being a miler in college and, and growing up. I mean. He just had such beautiful form, like just made it look mm-hmm. so easy, and uh, and then just like the longevity of his career, and I think just mm-hmm. like you know the first class athlete and an ambassador for the sport that he is, you know I think mm-hmm. um, yeah it would it would just be an honor to be able to uh, to 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 run some miles with him, and um, I think I think a close second on that is is he's on everyone's list is Elliot Kipchoge, you know mm-hmm. I think just. <laughs> it's 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 hard to it's hard to pass up at any opportunity to to be like in the in any aura of of him and just like just his mindset and, and the way that he views like running and uh and just like so many lessons that you know carry into just your daily life around like perseverance setting setting limits setting goals for yourself um you know just just even me thinking about that right it's like yes i'm not i'm not the young 21 year old i was but i'm still I'm still in position to be setting like new personal bests you know, at, yes. at, at various distances. so it's like it's like fun to, it's fun to see the, like his longevity as someone mm-hmm. who was following him when he was like at the young end of the sport you know in 2003 like winning a world championship to to where he is now it's it's really really cool
1: yeah i mean i know you talk about your age but i mean the 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 work that you're putting out there is. <laughs> it's really really good um it's really really good And I mean and speaking of that right before you got on Tommy and I were talking about the uh, Olympic trials and the halftime for Olympic trials and um you're not far off you know, that yeah you're not, you're not far, not far off is that something that you've looked at or is that kind of a goal for you or unspoken thing or are you just kind of enjoying the space that you're in right now and not trying to put too many lofty goals out there yeah.
2: A little, a little bit of both. Like it's, it's definitely in the back of my mind where, you know, like from a long-term planning thinking about, all right, what, like, what would the key races be? What, what would the kind of key checkpoints be that would indicate which event I'd be ready for? Um, I feel like the half is maybe a little too quick. Uh, mm-hmm. be just, just a 60 103 half is really fast. Um, but I think a 2:18 is, is, is a little bit more doable given, okay. you know, just continually like building, building base, building fitness. So mm-hmm. in the back of my mind, I am, I am thinking about, all right, what would, what, what would be the roadmap to being ready to run that OTQ and like, where mm-hmm. would it be? And then kind of backtracking to see, okay, these would be some good checkpoints for, for like, you know, how things are progressing. But, um, but yeah, like, I don't, I definitely don't want to put a limit on it. Yeah. I think it would be something I always wanted to do on the track and you know just to, to still be able to do it at, at the marathon distance would be uh would be really special um not sure where well not sure where it's going to be yet so I like still still waiting to see like where, where you know where it is but mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it would be uh it would be really special to be able to be you know to really be able to be in that field I think it's um it's a really cool moment you know in a celebration of the sport like one of the few times where you actually have the, you know, you actually have the best of the best in the U.S. as well as people who like have been making sacrifices with, with work and family to, to be there. And mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that the that the marathon kind of is that meeting point where it's often a little bit too uh, out of reach for the track to be able to do that. And, and I think it's, I think it's really important to have, um, you know, to set standards that allow for people to be able to dream and to think about, you know, what that means, and and I think it's important for the health of the sport and bringing bringing people into it, being able to really share the stories of of those that are in it, and uh and to create those like role models and those you know those those leaders like in communities for others to like key off of and to learn about. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be yeah, so to, to have an opportunity to be you know to join that group and to have that you know put that on the on the Strava profile would be super special.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, definitely.
1: Yeah, something I think about is just even still representation. I don't know if you think about that when you're crossing the, breaking the tape and and getting on the podium, but that's something every time I see you out there, I'm like, I'm thinking about representation and how big that is. Um, and and for people that may not realize it, I, I, I think, I hope that you know that you are inspiring people. I've talked to two people this week um, that are like, I'm trying to get the Jared Bales level and I'm like, okay, yeah, do it. <laughs> So notice you are inspiring um, regardless of what you're doing and people are watching. So keep setting those goals and doing your thing.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. It's, it's, it definitely is important. You know, I think at various (laughs) levels of my running career, like I have been the only, you know, the only African-American runner, you know, out there and, um, I mean, my my Instagram is Eric Kenya, because that was my nickname, like, in high school, because we that, were that, like, that was, yeah, like, that was the Kenyan? thing, like, I was a, yeah, I was a Nike
0: about guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: But, but it was always, like, an assumption, it was always an assumption, and I was a Nike guy, like, I was Nike head to toe, and, uh, you know, and it just, and it just kind of stick, but I, I, like, really embraced that as, like, okay, like, I will, like, I will be, I will be, like, that representation, like, for, for the community, and yeah, and, and in so many races and so many pictures and so many like podiums, you know, I was the, I was the only person on, on you know, on, the, on my track teams. Uh, I was the only, uh, the only black kid like on the team. And so, yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely take that responsibility like to heart and, uh, and, and in a lot of ways like that, you know, that's, that's, that's the, stand- the standard I want to set, you know, for my kids of, you know, you can be in the sport, like, there are others, um, who are achieving and excelling and at whatever level, you know, they, they aspire to be. And, um, and yeah, and I'm really like hopeful and but thankful for that opportunity, you know? And I think especially as, as a runner who runs at night too, like, and thinking about Ahmad Arbery, like all of that, is, all of that kind of comes into my mind. And I know, I'm, I know it's like, not the safest thing for me to be doing, but it's what it's, it's the time that I have, but, um, yeah, there, there was a, there was definitely a lot of moments where, you know, during, during that time where, you know, just, it just made me think about the unconscious, uh, unconscious things that you do, like as a runner in certain communities where it, it's not, running is not for everybody. It's not, it's not automatic for, for all people, for all communities to, to feel, you know, to feel safe. And so um, it, it's important to show that there are people out there doing it so that it becomes less of a of an abnormality, you know, that it becomes more of, of the norm um, for for everyone to have that access and have that ability and and to, and for others to feel comfortable seeing me like in in spaces that you know that they that they may not be accustomed to. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. So you're not looking up and go, is that black guy running? What is he doing? Yeah. Why is yeah. he who is he running from? No, he's right. just yeah. he's not running.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, when you said you ran late on the belt line, the first thing in my mind was safety. But I mean, I know that it looks different for men and women, but it also looks different for, you know, a black man versus a white man. So I mean, those are just things that immediately go through my mind. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I just I look at things differently as well. So Well, good. Well, speaking of representation, um, you are the key city marketing manager for Lululemon. And I know for me, I have seen a Lululemon on the scene a lot more lately over the last, you know, couple of years or so or a couple of years, whether it be with races or with run groups and organizations. Tell me a little bit more about what you do with them and kind of what that looks like for you.
2: Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a pretty new role. I mean, I, I started with, I started with the brand in, uh, in June of, of 2021. Um, and it was uh, a brand new kind of function within our organization, you know, where we're really, uh, really trying to focus on how we can create new opportunities, new guest experiences for, for those who haven't had a reason to know what Lululemon is don't know how to pronounce the, you know, pronounce the brand name, (laughs) Uh, have never seen the logo before, and and especially have never really seen themselves as uh, as a guest of of our brand. You know, for mm-hmm. for one for one reason or another, I think you know the reality is that there's a um, there's definitely a, a stereotype that it's a brand for uh, you know for skinny for skinny white women, and and um, uh, and we wanted to dispel that. Like we wanted to dispel that notion. That, you know, I think within the within the brand, the the, the roots of of yoga um are definitely true and, and 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 that's that that is definitely like within everything but it's beyond that it's it's more about um you know just like mind mind body connection and you know and living in well-being and whatever that you know whatever that means whatever whatever sport that is and so it's really important that uh you know, that that we're supporting communities and creating access to that well-being and, and however that however that is but but also getting outside of the communities where um you know where where our stores are and and so that's that's a lot of what my role is 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 how we can bring how we can bring the brand how we can how we can bring the resources that we have as a brand into new communities with new guests who uh you know who who would, who would love what 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 the brand stands for and and also those who are looking for the resources to create that same access for well-being like within their communities that that they may not have had um otherwise so it's a mm-hmm. uh, It's a lot, it's a lot of, um, it looks different in every city. You know, we have, our team is, is kind of scattered throughout, throughout the U.S. in, in, uh, in key cities. So, you know, we have people on the ground in L.A. and Chicago and New York and San Francisco and Houston, um, as well as, as well as Atlanta. Uh, And and the strategy, you know, everything looks different in terms of like what, what that, what that really means and what's important for for those communities, you know, for us mm-hmm. in, you know, as you've noted, you've been seeing it more often here, you know, mm-hmm. Atlanta's Atlanta is over 51% black. Right. And so the reality mm-hmm. is that, that if, if, if we're not connecting with, you know, with, with the black, the black guests, then then we're, we're doing, we're doing the, the city a disservice. And so that's, yeah. that's where, that's where my role comes in is, is how we can find, how we can find those people, those opportunities to really engage and support through the things that we do well and and that's in um that's in uh yoga train and and run you know as kind of our key enterprises you know around product and and finding finding those people finding those leaders in communities who are really trying to create and, and do good work and how we can support and amplify that work as best as we can
1: definitely definitely so i um i just lost my question.
0: I got a question, oh, no, Jerry. So, you've been there for over a year. So, I'm assuming that your store discount has kicked in. So, <laughs> you know, if you need me to email you a list, whatever you need me to do, we'll, we'll, I'll get back with you about it. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Andy. I'm sorry. I didn't to cut you off. I'll, Not I'll send you an email. <laughs>
1: No, you're fine. No, I'm really <laughs> excited to see uh, what Lululemon um, has been doing and will continue to do um, in the Atlanta running community. I know from you being here and kind of really getting into it years ago. How have you seen the Atlanta running community transition, just in general?
2: It's it's just, it's grown so much. You know, I think uh, Movers and Pacers is a is a perfect example of that. You know, when mm-hmm. I when I, I moved here in 2011, I think it was 2013 when. Uh, when chaos uh, came and, and joined as the Eakin uh, mm-hmm. for Atlanta and, and started movers and pacers. And, you know, at the time it was just like a couple people showing up, like I would kick in some of my footwear trials that I would have for, uh, for, for run groups that I was doing to support as much as I could. And, you know, now he's got, you know, a couple hundred people coming to, to some of their big moments and big events. And, 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 so I think it's, that's been the, that's been the, the big change is, is the rise in, in, and these like run crews that are different than the run clubs that just meet you know they'll, they'll just meet that on a wednesday or meet like from a running store and go do their run not as much of a social component but there's the infrastructure of the running store being there for water or snacks or you know kind of whatever is happening i think now you're seeing so many uh, so many groups that are uh that, that are popping up more organically that that really start from a from the social side right from from a group of friends getting together versus like runners getting together which is so much healthier for the sport because it's just introducing the sport in a different way where you eliminate all the barriers around who's faster who's skinny right like what a runner traditionally Mm -hmm. looks like and 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 really down to the passion and like the 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 internal motivation of i want to get fit i want to get healthy like i have a you know, I had a family member who had you know, a pre-existing condition, or some something something else that's more intrinsic than you know than just the, the superficiality of, of trying to run fast, and and that's what that's what really brings communities together and allows others to come in, and so that's what's been really cool to see with Movers and Pacers, with you know Atlanta Run Club, you know I think I think even the even the essence of, of what Tess creates with her races and and the running nerds is like that idea of of rooting in, in the social aspect of, of running and how it brings communities together to to go and beyond. You know, the what is it, um, Atlanta Snack Club, like mm-hmm. this group of like underground runners just like creating races. Like I love, I love that, I love that mm-hmm. concept. And you know, and, and so it's like seeing seeing that in addition to what Atlanta Track Club is doing around, you know, the formal race infrastructure and continuing to, to put resources into running for for the youth and and in different parts of the city I think all of that is all of that's important but you but it's also important to have like have those people that are that are really trying to trying to keep it fun you know and trying to keep it light and and make it make it about uh uh you know at the end of the day just like connection connection with each other
0: mm-hmm. I definitely okay. agree with that because running it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be enjoyable for most people it's a hobby it's 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 their escape from the stuff they really actually have to do is the mm-hmm. escape. And, and I just, sometimes I do get a little, you know, uh, cause I've run with some groups where I'm like, okay, this is too much. I just want to run. I just want to have a good time. I don't, you know, I don't want to do, you have to deal with anything else. So I agree with you definitely on that. People are keeping it fun.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's, I mean, a, a lot of times there's, I look at different cities and kind of what Atlanta looks like versus your um, district run collective in DC or, you know, different Harlem run in New York, like how their groups are set up and run. And a lot of it is, is around socializing and being Mm -hmm. able to kind of have that community and that motivation. And I just love that Lululemon is going towards, you know, continuing to, be more in the community side of things and kind of kind of branch out with the brand and representation and also inclusivity with sizing. I've seen, I personally have seen because I, I do have some Lululemon items. <laughs> um, but, you know, branching out with the sizing and, um, and just being able to feel like I can personally go into a store and get a bra or some, some tights and not feel like it's an issue with sizing. Um, So I think that every brand has room for growth for that, but I really appreciate that, that level of progress that's being made.
2: Totally. And it's, and it's, it's so important, right? It's like you, you know, you're, if you can't, if you can't see yourself and you can't see, uh, have that like have that comfort from the um from the educator like when they when they meet you and at, at the door then it, it that's good that'll affect everything right that infects that affects like the products that you go to like what it is that you you know you're wearing like you start to think about it every time you pull it out like man i wish i really wish i didn't buy that like you you want it to all be connected and uh, and, and so that's, that's exactly what, you know, that's exactly what we pride ourselves on as a brand is, is that guest experience. So from the minute that, you know, from the minute that you show up to an event that we do outside of the store all the way until you have, you know, you've made that purchase. Like you want you to feel like you, you belong, like, yeah, you, you belonged at every, at every step of, of the journey. And, um, and that someone was like, someone was listening to you. Some, like even the product was like designed like with you in mind, um, You know, that's, I, I love, I love Nike and, and, and I still love Nike from a, from a performance standpoint, but yeah, I think, I think every brand has their own identity. Like every brand, even in terms of the product that they make, right? Like there is a, there is a target guest in mind and, uh, and a viewpoint for it. And, um, and so what I, what I really loved about Lululemon is that it's, it's a performance brand, but it's less about, uh. The elite side of the sport, right? It's less about the products sets, that are made yeah. for like the mm-hmm. best in the world, but but more, but but everything is still considered, like every pocket, every every stitch, like everything is like really designed like with a with the with the end user in mind, and 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 that's how we approach like our events and everything that we're doing, and and so that's that's the part that I really appreciated, like and what what really attracted me um, to to working with the brand is 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 like being able to shift that mindset to be just just that much more um approachable and and so now it's now it's my job to to ensure that that is that that comes through in and like our connection with the community so that okay we have the product but now like let's make the experiences like let's really pull you in so you feel comfortable at whatever point in your performance apparel journey to Mm -hmm. to want to consider lululemon as as a brand for you
0: yeah, and I was gonna, cause that was gonna be one of my questions when you talked about, hey, we're we're trying to expand or trying to get you know more diverse people coming in. I was gonna talk to you about the actual store level, um, and I like that you said that that you know once you walk in that store, all that work you've done to get the person in the store, you want to make sure that that person that greets them is also you know expressing the same thing, hey, you're welcome here, how can I help you, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I- I'm glad that you did say that.
1: Yeah. And I think even so, even when, when I think about stepping in the store, Tommy, I also think about seeing the like pictures of Tess or Natalie or different people on, on some of the models that y'all have in the store are become more diverse now. Like, and I, I appreciate seeing that. Um, And I know a lot of them are like global ambassadors and things of that nature, but I think that that even gives the shopper a different feel um, when they walk into the store and being able to see that as a different footprint so I think that those are small things sometimes to some brands but they're huge things for shoppers and people that like to you know want to like or want to wear the apparel
0: yeah and I'm I mean and I hope you know I'm not everybody's like me but I'm definitely a person that I will let give people room to change and, you know, maybe in the beginning, Lululemon, you know, you might've gone in and got that pretty woman experience. Hey, you don't belong here kind of thing. But if they're changing, they wanna be diverse, I'm gonna give them a chance to be.
2: Yeah. And I'm glad that I'm glad you recognize that India, the, the ambassadors, you know, those are, those pictures on the wall, those are our store ambassadors. Those are, those are people who are in our communities who are facilitators, studio owners, you know, trainers themselves and, uh and, and you know we identified them as as great representatives like of their communities who we want to be able to support and empower in their programming and so um that that's that's probably been the funnest part of the job is is finding ways to integrate them into the work that we're doing you know if we're doing if we're if we're creating a moment with uh, you know, with completely new guests to our brand that that's connected to yoga, it's like we'll, we we want to bring that instructor, we want to bring that ambassador into that moment for them to, mm-hmm. to 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 do their thing, like for this for this group, and and we would love to pay them to do that and drive drive these new guests like into their studio afterwards, so that hey, you you tried yoga, you loved it, well now you know exactly who you can go to um, for for your next you know for your next session, and yeah. and it's just like that that, uh, continued support of, of our local communities that like, we're really excited about and mm-hmm. um, and really fired up to, to continue.
1: Yeah. So is there a difference between your global ambassadors and your store ambassadors, or is that, are they the same, do the same initiatives?
2: They all do the same. Uh, it's just, it's, it's more of, it's more around just like the profile of the human beings. know, yeah, I think when you That's see it. like, you know, the, the, Um, global ambassadors are are often the ones that are just the highest profile who their reach is their reach is is so much broader than just one city whereas the store ambassadors are um, you know tend to have the, the the majority of like their reach like within really within like that three mile radius of the store because of where their their studio or or their business is is located um and and so we so we, we, we look for all human beings. Like we look for, for anyone to, to be a part that, you know, that is interested in, and, and really passionate with, with the same kind of ideals and, and principles that, that we stand for. And then, and we just kind of find like, what's going to be the best home for, for that, like based off of what your journey is and what you're looking to do and, and how you want to leave an impact is like how we determine who within, who internally you essentially would work with to, to make all that happen.
1: Nice. Nice. Well, listen, Jared. I love it, and I love how you are so well-rounded. All in the sport. Your work is in the sport, and it's just—it just oozes goodness. So, and you graduated from an
0: Ivy League. Ivy League, man. Come on, (laughs) dude. Much, much props. I I mean, honestly, I would love to bring you on the show just to talk about that side of it. Just so, (laughs) because I think a lot of times kids don't understand the opportunities out there. And someone like you, who's you know done it, I would love for you to you know to just talk about that. But Mm -hmm. once again, hey, thank you for taking time out to to speak with us today. Talk to you
1: for a couple more hours for sure. (laughs) Exactly, definitely, Um,
0: definitely. Did you have anything that's going on with Lulu Women coming up that you wanted to you know talk about or anything like that?
2: Um, what do we have coming up? I think, I think I think the main the main thing is is continuing to support uh continuing to support Tess and and the race you know and her programming I, I think mm-hmm. kind of as as you you hit the nail on the head like we are really excited about how we can continue to support run um and our run partners and run initiatives in the city and and that that race in particular was uh is is something really special um and Tess is a legacy ambassador of ours like mm-hmm. this also has a you know a, a special place in our heart you know she was. She was one of the first ambassadors that we had at at the Howell Mill store and, um, you know, sat outside and was like, hey, I want to I want to start a run club from this location. And so to see where she is now with all of her run programming, like seeing her around in the city, uh, it's been really cool because I knew her before. Like I knew her before, so now to be working with her. Um, on this side is has been really cool, and uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited to, to continue our, our support. I know there's gonna be more to come on on what that looks like for for 2022, but um, but definitely proud to be uh, proud to be a partner of, of that event. Just the impact that it has in the community, you know how many how many black people are coming in, you know coming from out of town to be a part mm-hmm. of that event, and mm-hmm. just like the celebration. Like I, I told her, like that's one of the the most special finish lines like I've seen at a a race, you know, a lot of times race finishes and everyone kind of goes their separate ways or like maybe hangs out to see people like dancing and hanging out and, you know, everyone's like wearing the merch and 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 repping the colors like it's it's uh, it's really cool as well as uh, the community service impact that um, Mm. that she also has, you know, beyond beyond that and how the event touches local communities in southwest Atlanta. you know, cause I, I live in that part of the neighborhood. So like, it's, a, it's like a home course for me to, to run on it. So it's, okay. Uh, it's yeah, it's, it's super special to, to be supporting that and, and proud to be a part of that again.
1: Nice.
2: Great, good. great.
1: And, and what's coming up for you? Anything good coming up for you for 2022?
2: Yeah, so I'm running, uh, I'm running Gate River Run uh, in Jacksonville. So the US 15K Champs, um, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be running that. So shooting for a, a fast time there as well as Cherry Blossom.
1: Yes. Uh, in April, Tommy will so, be there.
0: there yeah, so after I'm done, I'll wait for you to come across, and you know we'll <laughs> talk. So no, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm running that as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, so excited excited to run uh, run that course, especially in when in the true season with the actual cherry blossoms in bloom this year. Yeah, and then uh, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna start running some track races. Like i I picked up a pair of uh, picked up a pair of spikes, and I'm looking forward <laughs> to running a couple track 5Ks in the spring. So. Using that using that as a tune up for, for Peachtree, uh, to to try to claim that top top Georgia resident crown this year. Oh,
1: okay. All right. Nice that's good good it. to hear good to hear yes i'm yeah. here for it. well thank you so very much Jared, for giving us all of your wealth of knowledge and letting us take a little peek into your life and what you have going on is greatly appreciated and listen i know tommy and i can't wait to talk to you again and as well as see you see you breaking some more tape and taking some podiums some more in atlanta and beyond so thank you so much for coming on
2: Thanks for having me. I think this, this podcast is so great, not only for the Atlantic community, but for the black running community, I think to hear so many different voices and, and stories and perspectives on, on the sport itself. I think it's really important. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, but this is definitely one to subscribe to.
1: Thank you Thank so you. much. We greatly appreciate it.
0: <laughs> Love that interview. I Listen. could have talked to him for another I hour. I mean, uh, easily. Yeah.
1: Yes. Hours <laughs> beyond. There's so many things that I would love to pick his brain about and just to hear about, but I'm, I'm really excited for him and his future and everything that he's doing. And also the Lululemon brand and, and what they're doing. So I'm really excited to hear all the greatness that's, that's evolving.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, that's cool with Lululemon. I, I must admit, I, I, Lululemon is not a brand that I always thought about as diverse, but they definitely are changing their look. So that's, that's mm-hmm. great to hear. Um, definitely. but india if they want to hit you up in the dm how would they do that
1: yeah so if you want to hit me up on instagram which is where i usually am um you can hit me up i of indigo runs and that's the underscore in between each one of those words um and then you can also hit me up at milesfromindia.com or my website is milesfromindia.com and you can also hit me up at contact at miles from india if you'd like to hit me over an email
0: okay and then you can hit me at tmix68 on instagram or email me at ThomasWMitchell, the number two, at gmail.com. All right, India, well, we will see y'all again in another two weeks. Yes,
1: have a good
0: one, guys. Peace.